Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Thanks so much for listening in. Happy Thursday. We hope you're having a great week as you get ready for this weekend at your church today. Uh, excited to have Ron Walburn with us from Alliance Theological Seminary. Ron, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Great to be here, Rich. Thanks. You know, I know we've talked before, and it's a bit unnerving to talk to someone who actually, you know, is a big dog at a seminary. And so, you know, sometimes people are like, are, are you like anti-seminary? I'm like, no, 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 not at all. Uh, <laughs> I think they're super important. And so, Ron, I'm, I'm just glad you're here today. And actually, I'm excited for what you have to share. So how are things going at the seminary? Give me a sense of how things are these days. Uh, it's going great. I mean, uh, I'm only at the Rockland campus most of the time, but mm-hmm. I was just down in New York City yesterday uh, with our faculty down there, and they're doing great. And then uh, I was able to be down in Puerto Rico at oh, our campus there. Gosh, it, that's unfortunate. Yeah, when it was really cold and snowy, <laughs> that's when God calls me to Puerto Rico. They always need a visit from their dean. Yeah, you just got to go so. down there. I'm just trying to help and encourage people. You know, I'm going yeah. on my missionary journey. That's right. That's, uh, that's incredible. Nice. Yes. Well, today we want to talk about really assessment and how, you know, we can understand if people are actually growing, um, you know, and, and a lot of times churches, I know, I, I wonder about this. I think, you know, at our church, we do a number of different kind of discipleship things. And, you know, I stand back and wonder, you know, are these effective? And I'm sure as a, you know, a dean at a seminary, you think about this all the time. Um, so what, what should we be thinking about as a, you know, as a church when it comes to uh, the kind of assessment of people's growth? Yeah. Uh, great question, and it is something I'm thinking about all the time because uh, seminaries and all higher education institutions are being forced to think about it mm. by the accreditors, by the federal government. Uh, we have to prove that our students are actually learning what we say they're going to learn. Mm. And so increasingly, assessment is the word uh, that is on the lips of every dean, of every faculty member. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to put it simply, uh, we really have to state up front what are the program goals of the program that you're taking. Mm-hmm. In other words, what are you going to learn if you do a Master of Divinity degree or a Master of Arts? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have program goals in place. And then those goals are tied to the courses that you will take. Mm. And so every course has learning goals. And the learning goals are tied to the assessments that we do in the course, like why do we do this research paper? What is it going to teach us? What is it going to uh, enable us to do? Mm. Um, And so when a faculty member is grading those course embedded assessments, that's how we know are we making progress in developing people Mm. uh, to the point where they actually will learn something and have some things in their pocket when they finish uh, their program. Hmm. So to that end, I have, um, I've transferred a lot of that into the church yeah, setting. Yeah, right, right, right. I'd love to hear uh, about that. Because I'm, I'm convinced that we don't develop people mm. well in the church setting. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have a process to take a young man who comes to a senior pastor and says, hey, hey pastor, I want to be a preacher. I feel like maybe I have the gift of preaching. Well, you can't put that young man up on... Sunday morning in front of 800 or 1,000 people, Mm -hmm. but how do you develop him and assess his development? Hmm. And and so we've got to have places where people can grow in their gifts, in their abilities, and be assessed along the way 
to make sure that we're doing the right things to pour into them. Now, when we think about that, you know, just so we'll take a step back and, and talk about, you know, maybe there's a, um, you know, a, a course, let's say we're at offering a class, even just that idea of stepping back and saying, hey, this is what you're going to learn in this class. Even that can be revolutionary yeah, um, because it forces um, the, the instructor or the people putting together the, the class to really clearly articulate. What are some, you know, what are when you're trying to articulate to students or, or what are some best practices on that that front that we should be thinking about when we're, you know, when we're articulating about an upcoming class at our at church? Well, you want to have goals that are based on knowledge. Mm -hmm. What will I know as a result of taking this course? Mm -hmm. But you also want to have um, uh, training goals in mind. What will I be able to do mm -hmm. as a result of taking this course? How will this affect my character, change my disposition? Mm -hmm. um, and so when you think through learning goals, how is it going to transform a person? How is it going to change them? And then how are you going to measure that to make sure that it's actually working right. in a class setting? Interesting. You know, I know we we run the um, we run a, you know a number of different we have uh, life groups or small groups that we send most of our people through, but then we're a bit of kind of life groups and um, yeah. so we also have a number of um, discipleship classes opportunities. And you know, it's interesting. Over the years, I would say Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University has been the most consistent um, course you know for us and. You know, I think a part of the reason why, and this just struck me while you were talking about this, I think a part of the reason why is because it's super clear what it is that, that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. and, and, we, and we, a part of what they do in their process is actually track what was your debt coming into the course and what was your debt coming out. And so exactly. we just keep rolling that number up and we can tell. Um, and, you know, the, the fascinating thing about that course is, although it, it has a real felt need um, around people's debt, Fundamentally, that's why people take the course. You end up getting into all kinds of pastoral conversations with people Absolutely. because you end up, you know, it obviously touches your finances, touches every area of your, you know, of your life for sure. And and you can actually measure the progress of people. Yes, right. uh, they can be halfway through the course and say, uh, "I am now a thousand dollars, you know, closer mm -hmm. to being out of debt." Mm -hmm. um, and so they can see progress. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this assessment is important not only for teachers, yep. for leaders, but it's important for people. Yeah. Because when they see that they're actually learning mm -hmm. what the church, what the seminary is telling them they're going to learn, mm -hmm. they get encouraged, they get inspired. And that's how we create lifelong learners, Absolutely. lifelong yeah. disciples. Absolutely. Um, now, what about, you know, when you kind of pull that out from an individual class or look, are there better, are there best practices kind of as we pull back and, and think about the discipleship of a whole person. You kind of started talking, you know, a bit about that with, you know, individuals yeah. maybe looking more from, you know, what, what are some milestones for you in your development? What, what should we be thinking about on that front? Well, I always look back to the way Jesus uh, raised up his disciples, mm -hmm. and it's an old model. I can't remember who coined it. Obviously, Jesus is the one that mm -hmm. authored it. But I do, you watch. Mm -hmm. um, I do, you help. Uh, you do, I help, and then you do, and I watch. Mm -hmm. And that four-step process, I have used that um, back in the day when I was pastoring in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I had these young men that mm -hmm. started to come to my Bible studies, and after a few weeks, I said, hey, next week I want you to teach a section of this Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I remember this young man named Mario, his eyes went wide, and, and I gave him some instruction. I showed him how to do it. And so when we got to the verse in the passage, he jumped in and he taught that verse in the mm -hmm. Bible study. And I helped him, 
Mm-hmm. And after a few weeks of doing that, he was able to take a bigger section. And mm-hmm. eventually I handed off that Bible study to him. But uh, he was developed and raised up uh, into a young man who is now a middle-aged man, mm-hmm. and he's been teaching evangelistic Bible studies his whole life. Hmm. And so we've got to find ways to develop people in safe ways mm-hmm. where they can make mistakes, where they can blow it, because you're not going to grow and develop without making mistakes. Right, right. Definitely. And so if we put somebody up on Sunday morning and they make a mistake, they wound 800 people mm-hmm. and embarrass themselves forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got to find safe places to help them develop in their gifts and in their ministry. Hmm. Now, it seems like, you know, historically, this um, this this idea of, you know, kind of developing people, it does seem like it's an eroding value or it's an eroding trend. Is that your perspective on it as well? And why would that be? Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to blame uh, models of church yeah. per se, mm-hmm. but I do think the whole seeker sensitive mm-hmm. rage uh, created a performance mentality in church. And we created kind of a consumer atmosphere mm-hmm. where people were coming to buy a good service and buy a good sermon and buy mm-hmm. a good worship service. And so I think churches felt intense pressure to put professionals up. Mm. And a lot of the developmental places um, began to get cut off because we had to perform. We had Mm. to do a perfect service. Um, Whereas in the old days, some of the greatest gospel singers started in church singing on Sundays. And it didn't matter if they were off key a little bit. They learned to work it out. And and so I'm not saying that we need to put those people up on Sunday morning again. I think there is a certain amount of professionalism we need, mm-hmm. but we must have incubators. Mm-hmm. We've got to have places in the body of Christ where people can grow and be mm-hmm. developed and make mistakes and have the freedom to fail. Mm-hmm. And and it goes even deeper. I think that's true for the gifts of the Spirit. Mm. Uh, I mean, gifts are given by God, but they're developed by us. Mm. And nobody mm-hmm. gets a gift in mm-hmm. its completely mature form. Mm-hmm. And so if the church doesn't have incubators where people can learn um, to prophesy, mm-hmm. to pray for healing, to mm-hmm. minister uh, in ways, it's uh, that's where we get a lot of abuse. And mm-hmm. the answer to abuse is not disuse, but it's right use. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to find ways to develop them mm-hmm. better. Let's let's pause on that because I think there I think you're definitely onto something there. You know, if you think about something like the gift of teaching, you know, yeah. clearly a biblical gift, clearly, um, you know, you're not going to get anybody disagreeing like, oh, are there still teachers today? That clearly yeah. is is there. Right. So what? How do you? And using that example of putting somebody up in front of 800 people, what yeah. are some incubators that you've either seen churches use or you think they should use to help people develop that gift? Well. I have to say seminary is a great incubator. (laughs) Alliance Theological (laughs) Seminary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, and I do think it's important that we have places like seminary, like Nyack College. Uh, When I taught at the undergrad, uh, my pastoral ministry students, they would preach three times in the intro class, three times in the intermediate class, three times in the advanced class, six times in their field education experience. Oh, wow. yeah. And so, and then often they'd be chosen to preach in chapel. Right. So by the time I graduated a young man or a young woman, mm-hmm. uh, and I did put out some excellent uh, young ladies who mm-hmm. preached the gospel with great power. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some denominations, it's called sharing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, they had an opportunity to grow and to make some mistakes, yep. be critiqued, 
but then gain their confidence. Mm -hmm. And so by the time they graduated, they would have preached about 15 to 17 times. Right. Uh, so they were much more confident when they went in. So in churches, I think we've got to find small groups. I mm -hmm. think that's a great incubator. I think there's ministry opportunities in uh, in jail ministry, mm. street ministry, mm -hmm. missions. Mm -hmm. um, there's places where we can help people. Now, we want to make sure we're giving them the teaching and the content, not right. just throwing them out there. Right. Uh, contrary to popular opinion, the best way to learn how to swim is not being thrown into the pool. <laughs> it's getting some instruction. Yes so that you don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, there's adventure and then misadventure, right? You That's want right. It, it needs to be a good context. Um, you know, I've spent uh, most of my, my career supporting excellent teaching pastors who I, I think are of some of the best communicators in the country. And one of the things, you know, just by being around those folks, I realize is you just have to work at it. It's a little bit of like when Paul says, do the work of the evangelist. It is, it is, it's just work um, and you have to invest time, effort and energy to make it happen. I had a young leader come to me recently and say, you know, listen, I, I really want to, um, you know, I want to I want to grow my preaching gift. What would you suggest? And I said, well, you need to find a place that will let you preach every week. Mm -hmm. um, and you you have to because you have to get up in front and do it, you know, week yep. in, week out. Um, there, there's just no substitute, um, you know, for that. Even, a, you know, another uh, a good friend of mine who um, I would say, you know, similar to the gifts you were talking about, he's been experiencing kind of a, an awakening of a desire from the Lord um, to pray for particularly healing, you mm -hmm. know, and has, has seen some incredible things. I won't take his testimony away from him, but has seen yeah. some incredible things happen. And I was talking to him recently about that. It was, you know, an incredible season to see, you know, he's in. And... You know, we got talking about it, and he resonated very much with what you said. He said, "Listen, I, I'm just praying for people more. I'm just right. out there. Um, you know, I'm 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 taking the opportunity when someone talks about, hey, I'm you know, I'm I'm feeling sick or my back hurts or yeah. you know, I'm and it's it's just leaning in at that moment and saying, hey, can we pray now? I'd love yep. to take some time now. Um, yep. And and to go with that, I teach a course at the seminary and at the college called Divine Healing. Mm -hmm. And one of the assignments is that they have to pray." for at least eight people during the semester. Right. And four of those people cannot be inside the church. Oh, nice. Because one of the things that will help people learn is when they take risks that move them beyond their status quo, beyond their comfort zone. And uh, and the stories that our students come back with are just incredible oh, absolutely. and amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so they learn. And they learn to do it in a loving way, in a kind way. Uh, not be harsh, not mm -hmm. be abusive. Mm -hmm. um, and the truth is, uh, I tell them, listen, whether people are healed or not, as long as they know they've been loved by Jesus and loved by someone who loves Jesus, they're going to have a good experience. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, We've been doing a lot more praying for people, you know, kind of ministry time stuff at our church, which is not tr not typical. That's, again, a whole other conversation. We're definitely sure. more out of the kind of, um, you know, an invest and invite um, attractional model. Um, and over the last, I'd say, year, 18 months, um, and, and we've come back to that time and time again with our ministry team folks that at the end of the day, it's not our job to see something amazing happen. Our job, yes. what is in our, our control is just loving and caring on people. And how, can, right. we, um, how can we do that? That's, well, that's right. That's fantastic. Other things we should, before we, we want to jump into the lightning round, we've got a couple quick questions we want to ask you sure. there. But are, are there anything else around this developmental, you know, think of a pastor who's listening in. What's a, you know, a couple quick things they should be thinking about um, when it comes to developing folks? Well, I, I just think that um, in our culture, uh, we've had such trauma in the family, such trauma in our society mm. 
that people are not being developed the way they used to be developed in their families, mm-hmm. uh, in their, uh, their schools. And so I think the church has to step up and begin to develop and mm-hmm. care for a lot of broken, hurting people mm-hmm. who have never been parented, who have mm-hmm. never been developed and cared for. Um, we've got to call them into their destiny. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to take development and the assessment of how we're doing in development very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that what I'm learning in higher ed, uh, while it can be a hassle at times and all the accreditation stuff that we mm-hmm. have to go through, uh, my prayer is that it would translate into the church mm. and developing disciples. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, let's jump into the lightning round, that part of the show, where we uh, talk about, you know, just similar questions. Everybody that's on the show today, we've got Ron from uh, Alliance Theological Seminary. Super excited to have you here today, Doc. Um, what is an online resource that you've been using these days that's been particularly helpful? Yeah, you asked me that question, and I was thinking about it. Um, you know, I, I've been uh, dealing with a lot of social media oh, nice. because our marketing people, uh, they want us on Facebook, <laughs> they want us on Twitter, they want us on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I have been consumed these days with learning how to hashtag. Oh, nice. Great. Well, that's fun. <laughs> Old school stuff. But uh, so that that's kind of consumed a lot of my time. And, uh, and so I've been uh, hashtagging as much as possible and posting nice. so social media uh, i gotta follow you on instagram i'd love to see you know what you, what some of your photos are there i'll friend you uh, yeah that's great what's a uh, what's a book you've read in the last six months or so that's had uh, an impact on your thinking and shape and you know ministry th- this one was a little outside the box for me uh-huh. um it's called a farewell to mars an evangelical pastor's journey toward the gospel of peace mm-hmm. uh by a guy named brian zond and i heard him at a uh, a Missio Alliance conference on uh, uh, kind of renewal in the Anabaptist tradition. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about pacifism mm-hmm. in a way that really captured me. And uh, I'm not sure I fully agree with yeah. everything uh, Brian writes, but he is a deep thinker. Uh, it is really theologically uh, put together mm-hmm. in a sound manner. Mm-hmm. And uh, really captured me. A farewell to Mars. Pick it up. Take a look at it. It's a great book. I, I read oh, that book uh, last year as well. And um, you know, I have a, a bent towards Anabaptism, Anabaptist go. thinking. And so um, it really is a fantastic book. It's it's well written. Um, it's a great a great read for someone who, particularly someone who from an evangelical background, maybe hasn't thought through those issues before. So. That's yep. a fa- fantastic. Um, are there any other ministries uh, that you're looking at these days that are you know kind of inspiring you? Yeah, I'm uh, because I'm you know here on the East Coast at Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to look at what other seminaries are doing mm-hmm. just to see uh, what's going on out there. I'm really impressed with what I see happening with David Fitch and Scott McKnight at Northern Seminary. Mm. Uh, it feels like they're hanging on to the best of what seminary should be and mm-hmm. has been in the past. Mm-hmm. But they're really thinking through uh, what do we need to do to equip the church in this next century. Nice. And so I appreciate those guys. I'm good friends with David Fitch, and mm-hmm. uh, I've gleaned a lot from watching their ministry from afar. And they're too far away for anyone in New York to go to their seminary, so you can come here. <laughs> That's fun. Great. Uh, just two last questions. Yep. So if you could spend 15 minutes with any leader alive today, uh, uh, who would you want to spend that time with and why? Um, I think Andy Stanley. Hmm. Uh, I'm very impressed with what he's doing down in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I would like to ask him is, what does he think 
uh, seminaries need to do to retool mm. to really help churches that are going to be effective and growing mm-hmm. uh, in this next season. Uh, in fact, I think it's important for seminaries, for faculty, for deans, mm-hmm. to listen to pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, too often we are equipping people for ministries that no longer exist. Mm. And so uh, I need to regularly sit down with effective pastors who are doing it well and learn from them so mm-hmm. that I can make sure that we're assessing the right stuff at ATS. Very cool. Yeah. All right, last question. So when you're uh, when you're not uh, being a dean and doing all the deanology type stuff, um, <laughs> what uh, what do you just do for fun? How do you relax, kick back? Kick back? Um, I love to travel, oh, and nice. I do a lot of travel uh, for my job. I was in Thailand twice in the last couple months, uh, but I got to take my wife the first time. Oh, nice. Uh, and one of the things I've learned is to tag some rest and recreation days, either at the beginning or at the end of a trip. And so I'm heading to London to speak at a big uh, college conference in June, and I'm taking my wife to Ireland at the end of that. Mm. Uh, I'm heading to Cyprus uh, to speak to a bunch of international workers from the Middle East in July, mm-hmm. and um, I'm hoping my wife and I will be able to get to spend some time in the Mediterranean. So uh, travel really relaxes me. Uh, nice. it, it can also wear me out, but uh, I, I enjoy it as well. Nice. Well, thanks so much, Ron. I really appreciate you being on uh, the show today. Is there anything else you'd like to share, or how can people get in touch with you or the school? Maybe your Instagram account as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not even sure what my Instagram account address is, so you're asking me the wrong question. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Uh, But you can find me on Facebook at Ron Walborn. Great. And uh, ATS now has a Facebook page as well. Uh, as well as Nyack College's site, uh, www.nyack.edu, and then front slash ATS will take you to the ATS section uh, of that site. Great. But thanks so much for having me. No, it's it great. Gr- great to have you. Thank you so much. All the best at ATS as you come into the spring season here. Yeah. Thanks have so a great much. weekend. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>